This is the Closers Only Podcast, the show that helps you unleash your inner sales beast. Here's your host, co-founder of Instruct, Chaba Balog. Welcome everyone today uh, on the third episode of Closers Only Podcast. Our guest is Lucas Rinken from Instana, Senior SDR. Hi, Lucas. Hey, man. How's it going? Going well. How about yourself? Yeah, good. Just chilling on my sofa, stuck in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to our audience, we, we got to know Lucas with each other at Instana back in the day when I was as SDR as well. Lucas is still there, being senior SDR, crushing it, being prom- uh, promoted to a senior role and has been a top performance top performer since I know him. So, uh, Lucas, can you can you just introduce yourself uh, a bit and tell a couple of words about Instana and, and what kind of software you're selling? Yeah, so, um, like Java said, I'm Lucas. I'm from California. <clears throat> I grew up in the Los Angeles, Orange County area, but I moved to Spain 11 years ago or so, and so I've been living in Europe now since then. Um, probably a year and a half ago, more or less, I moved into software sales. And about a year ago, I, I joined Instana. Instana is an APM tool. So most people don't know what that acronym is, but the DevOps and IT teams use the tool to be able to monitor applications and the infrastructure and be able to look at you know important metrics to see how the applications are performing. So that's what I'm selling right now. And it's a great product. It's, uh, I think, the best one on the market. And it's really um, innovative. And, like, we're just, I mean, it's exciting to be a part of the team, although they're uh, crazy times right now. <laughs> yeah, crazy times. Yeah. So let's talk about first uh, about being a top performer because um, when you got to join Istana, uh, I was kind of, you know, uh, it was kind of my territory. I remember setting a record uh, in the first month um, as uh, hitting 300 person of a quote, and then you came and then you did <laughs> more than 500, as I remember, in your first month. And we were even chatting about it, how you did that. So what do you, what do you think, what does it take to be a top, performer, top performing SDR? Uh, what kind of skills you need to have for that? Yeah, uh, good question. I mean, being at the top is is hard, uh, but I think one of the biggest things is just listening to other people who are successful and understanding what they're doing to be successful, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and being really curious and asking a lot of questions, and then not reinventing anything, not reinventing the wheel, so just building off of other people's success and see if that works for you, um, it's a great way to hack that and be successful faster. And usually, yeah, if you're looking at, if you're looking at top performers, then you probably will be at the top too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How did you, how did you find your way to, to really start feeling and start nailing it? Because you spoke with SDRs, I guess you spoke with AEs. Uh, as well and then you just put it yourself together or you asked constant feedback from your manager as well what was the most important thing for you yeah it's pretty simple really it's not necessarily like um 
one thing that one person said or asking my manager or anything like that. It's just a culmination of conversations leading up to joining that got me ready with the right strategy and game plan. Basically like the foundation was set so that I was able to just jump straight in and, and perform well. So what I mean by that is like learning the basics, but learning the basics well, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and keeping it high level too. I think it's more about your approach and your organization. So how you're going to tackle everything than, you know, specific messaging or a lot of the, the little nuances in terms of like, do this, don't do that, say this, don't say that, or those kinds of things. You know, I think it's pretty high level. Mm-hmm. So when you came in at Instana, you already had SDR experience, even SDR management experience, as I remember. Yeah, I mean, I ran my own business for like nine years. Uh-huh. So you, I managed everything. I was managing myself, other employees, another couple of people helping with sales and a bit of everything. But um, specific to like the SDR work, it's just understanding what your finite task is because it's a really small part of the the whole business uh, in general, right? It's just booking the first meetings and then just keeping focus on like a high level priorities of what you need to do. There's really only one priority is just set up meetings. Right. Um, and just staying focused in, on simple tasks and a simple strategy is what I mean. That's what I was focusing on when I joined. You mentioned the foundations, how important it is today uh, for people to succeed in this role in the SDR role. In the past for me, I had SDR experience before joining Instano where I had some failures and some successes. I think overall, Instana was my third SDR job. And I think that was the time when I put it right in my head what I need uh, to succeed. So uh, what tips would you, would you actually give to people who, who they are just starting out in their first SDR job because there's so much information uh, getting in, right? You need to have a good sales foundation. You need to know the product. You also get to know a lot of people at a company. So they're just different kinds of things to get your head around. And that can be very confusing. So what would you, what would you actually start out with without not necessarily having all the foundations that you had or what I had before joining? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to not just go on a big rant right now because the best way for me was to keep it simple mm-hmm. and, and just as information came in, I would ask myself, do I need to know that right now or can I slim it down? Right. And just make it more simple. So if I were to go back in time and coach myself or tell other people what I would focus on is more, you need to learn how to prioritize your day and uh, focus on activities that are going to get you the best results, which is getting to a meeting. So always keep that in mind, like in every single thing that you do is how can you get the most juice for your squeeze? There's like the 80, 20 principle or yeah, I think it's 80, 20 Pareto's law. 
is, you know, where you get 80% of your benefits comes from 20% of your output. So I think the more you can focus on what that 20% is, then spend time doing that 20%. You're obviously going to have the best results. And for me, I mean, not wasting time. So talk using your network, if you have a network or just starting with what people have already put into the database. When you join a company, usually they have people already in there, like in the CRM that you can look at and find information about and re-engage with those people. They already have a phone number. There's been past conversations. Um, and then just staying on the phone as much as possible with those people. Uh, but also being able to over time, like have an acute sense of whether one method of contacting a person is better than another. Like if I see that to contact you, Chava, it's easiest on LinkedIn. I'm not going to spend every time I want to contact you trying to call you. I'd go straight to LinkedIn, right? Yep. So really putting that principle of where do I need to spend my time across everything you do it helps get better results, I think. Um, yeah, and just being yourself and like being simple and direct because in the end, you have to reach out to a lot of people in the SDR role. So you want to feel comfortable just being yourself, but also like no, no bullshit, no weird things. Just go straight in for what you want. Right. You're like talking to people that you want to book a meeting with. So tell them that I don't think, I think that being direct is um, appreciated by most people, some people obviously don't like it. You can't, you can't um, win everybody, but we all have stuff to do. So the more direct you are, you're saving time for everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. When we actually spoke, I always had the impression that you don't overcomplicate things. So you don't overcomplicate sales and most experts in the industry try to overcomplicate what the, what the sales process or what sales methodologies or what sales engagement should look like. And uh, that's total nonsense because uh, it's, uh, it's not, not science, right? It's uh, not like physics or mathematics. It's just people engaging with people and getting from point A to point, to point B, right? Our, our jobs as SDR is always uh, confirming next steps, which is usually the end goal for us is a meeting, but not necessarily we can, we can get to the meeting at the first touch or the fifth touch. Maybe we need 30 touches, right? Um, but with you, when we always engaged, you were like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my job and <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm <laughs> engaging with people on LinkedIn, talking to them um, and we'll see where it goes. And I think that's the right approach. You need to be extremely friendly, personable and open to just get to know people. I think you should be like that in, in real life as well, not only in your professional life, if you want this job. Yeah, I mean, it's hard if you're not an outgoing person because you're outside your comfort zone, right? If you're like having to talk to a bunch of people and maybe in your personal life, you wouldn't feel comfortable just going up to a random person and starting a conversation. But um it's something that everyone can 
kind of uh, challenge themselves to do. And yeah, the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more benefit it brings to everybody, even yourself. Like here's a quick story. One of my really good friends, I remember probably like seven, eight years ago, he was telling me this story that he went on a, he was on a flight or he was in the airport or something. And he started talking to this guy and the guy was super cool. And then next thing you know, he was like offering him a job to do something really cool and get paid a lot of money. Um, and then the moral of his story, which is the moral of this story is he was like, dude, if I never even talked to that guy, like I never would have found out about that type of a job. I never would have had that type of opportunity. So there's a lot of stuff just sitting in front of us all the, all the time that I think we don't take advantage of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Me lending uh, an SD role at Instar came down to that, I think, because um, I got to know Jens via, um, it was a phone call about uh, application performance monitoring. There were also competitors there and I was working for a competitor and we got to know each other. Uh, and I sent him a LinkedIn request later on and uh, we, we remained in touch because I always send him some relevant content and then we engaged and when the opportunity came for, for an SDR vacancy, I, I, I chatted him, hey, you know, like I'm interested, I have the right skills, let's talk. But that relationship was already nurtured. It was really networked. It was not like a, a cold contact that I have never spoken to ever. He really was already like a nurtured connection. And from there, everything just came to place and landed landed job. And this is how actually sales is. Like when the opportunity comes and when you can be the most relevant solution to a company, they are going to purchase your solution because you were there. You were always there. The relationship, the network, it was nurtured. So uh, they most probably are going to purchase from you because they trust you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also, on that note, I saw you posted something maybe, or you told me, I can't remember. Some of your students want to become SDRs and they're trying to find a job, but they can't they're having a hard time and they don't understand why and you said something that was like very important is that instead of trying to apply to all these open positions it's it's like probably the worst way to do it because what you need to do is build relationships and a network like you said and that way a lot of times one you don't need to apply for anything two you usually go straight into interviews like higher up or farther down the process. And three, you're going to be getting opportunities that aren't even getting posted on the internet. Yep. A lot of times. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I mean, that is essentially what you're doing in the day-to-day role anyways, is you're networking, you're talking to people, you're telling people like what you're trying to obtain but in a way that's mutually beneficial, you know? Hmm. So like if I'm selling a product, I'm telling them that I want to set up a meeting so they can check it out and why it would be mutually beneficial. Whereas if you're trying to get an SDR job, you would be networking with people like SDR managers, other SDRs, account executives at companies that you think are cool and talking to them. And usually there's, you, you can tell them, Hey, look, I'd be interested to work here. You can find out about the company. If it's a good cultural fit, they can learn about you. 
And usually it's uh, the best way to approach that. And it's just like what you'd be doing in the actual role. So I think there's a lot of value in what you had posted about that. How did you get to know each other with Lee? To our yes. audience, actually, Lee Smith was our manager on the SDR, at the SDR role. So he was uh, head of uh, sales development. And uh, Lee Smith hired uh, both Lucas and me. Yeah, I met him the same way that I was just talking about. Like, so let me take a step back. I was running my own business, trying to get a job as an SDR or an account executive or whatever it would be in sales, in tech, because I wanted to work remote. And I had a lot of background in selling. Um, not in software though, but like totally different, but still the same traits that you need. So uh, the way I went about it is in the beginning, like everybody else, you're trying to take in all this information. You go to all the job boards, you look at them. There's a bunch of places that you can apply. You just start applying. And then I started taking a different approach where I built like an Excel spreadsheet, which is essentially what you would do when you're targeting companies in a, in a role. And I was like, I want to work at this company, this company, this company, this company, and this company, maybe a list of like 50 companies. They were all remote friendly. So I know I could work there remote. And I started basically connecting with everybody on the sales team or like the HR people or whoever it was at those companies. And I would just talk to them on the internet, on LinkedIn, and uh, try and ask questions like, hey, you know, I'm curious uh, what it's like working there. Can we talk sometime? Or I would say, hey, you know, I'm pretty interested in joining the sales team. Who can I talk to about that? And people would come back with all kinds of stuff, but it was usually really helpful. Um, so when I had that big Excel spreadsheet, that was the way that I met Lee. He was one of those people. We had a lot of back and forth. You know, I think we had a couple of Zoom calls. And then at some point, he just pinged me out of the blue on LinkedIn and was like, hey, man, let's, uh, let's set up a chat. We got on a call and he was like, hey, there's an open position if you want to join. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I was super pumped. And then that's how that happened. But it's super organic and natural, like just building a relationship. People know you. They know they can come back and contact you at some point in the future when the need is there. And then it's all about timing that time comes and then you're in. Yeah. Actually, I think you missed a very important detail in the story because uh, I know that part of the story as Lee told me. The first time you had your Zoom call and uh, he couldn't offer you a job because he didn't have the half count back then. But what you did, you sent him coffee, right? So you sent him some, some gifts. Some, he, as I remember, he told me coffee. You sent him a coffee just to stay on top of mind. And uh, he said that it really stuck with him. Yeah. Yeah. It was part of my thing that again, I didn't just come up with the idea. It was probably something I read on the internet somewhere. Someone else <laughs> had a good idea. I said, that makes sense. Yeah. And so what I was doing is I was trying to pay it forward at specifically somewhere that I wanted to work. So he told me, Hey, nice to talk to you. We don't have a head count. Basically, no, I can't give you a job. And I give, I gave him a coffee. So it's like very counterintuitive for what most people would do and just be like, all right, I'm discouraged. That's okay. Blow it off. I'll go to the next one. But 
that's where I wanted to be. So you also have to be hyper-focused on what you want because that's where you're going you're gonna to get results. It's the same as flipping back to the day-to-day stuff. I mean, people can tell me no all the time, but I continue nurturing them, ask them how they're doing, try and build a relationship. They're interesting people. And at some point, you know, I've got meetings because, oh, well now, yeah, I'll take a look now. Cool. Let's set something up. You know, finally the time is right. Yeah. Uh, I think these tips are especially relevant for a lot of people right now due to the pandemic we are in and lots of people losing their jobs and, and looking for work and still so many still salespeople are trying to just go the traditional route, applying, applying to to 10, 20, 50 companies, 100 companies, and then just pretty much the pray, uh, spray and pray approach, right? Instead of being more strategic, building those relationships, uh, networking, and waiting for the right time. And uh, when it comes, they actually can can be uh, on top of the list, right? Because they always stay top of mind. They always uh, provided value. They all, for example, if there was a post, I always shared with people I, I cared about. They were either my prospects or companies I wanted to work for. And that's how you can stay top of mind. Not like um, letting opportunities go when you are told no. Uh, lots of times in sales, you anyways know that no is not the end of the story. Sometimes no is just the beginning of a story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right now it's complicated for sure. I think uh, just the other day I was talking to a rep at a different company. We are just in a similar space, you know, and I wanted to reach out and talk to him. I saw he was from a similar place in the U.S., and uh, he's at a different company, so I just pinged him on on LinkedIn, and I think the more like peer to peer that you go, the easier it will be also to have those conversations. And those people are usually in the know, like they know where their sales organizations at, if they're hiring, if they're not hiring. Um, so, you know, if I were an SDR and I was trying to get a job as an SDR, I would go to, I would take a strategic approach and think about the companies I want to work at, whether that be it only if it's a remote company or only if it's a tech company or only if it's whatever criteria that you have, find those companies, find the SDRs and reach out to them rather than the SDR manager first, because it's a little bit more of a casual interaction. It's not so daunting for the new SDR also, right? Trying to find a job and they have a lot of good information. And if they don't, then usually they're able to refer you to the right person who does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the approach I would take. And I know that right now is really messed up times with people losing their jobs and stuff. It sucks. But um, there's definitely work out there. You just have to think about what verticals, what areas of businesses are not being affected so much or actually having the opposite effect in surging right now, like Zoom, for example, video that we're on is like having a lot of business and there are a lot of other ones, you know, so there's plenty of places to think about finding jobs. You just have to sit down and think about it for a while or read yeah. on the internet. And, and especially right now, it matters the most to stand out from the crowd. So try not to do what everyone else does, but try to be special, try to do things differently because how, that's how you can uh, draw the attention to yourself. Now, applying to a job um, via LinkedIn or via website, 
you're going to end up in a, in a big, big bucket. Conversion rates are extremely low from that bucket. Uh, HR managers are reviewing depending on the mood, you know, how they, what they are in, how attentively they uh, review your application, your CV. Many, many things are in place that you cannot influence. However, getting in touch, building uh, connections at the company, building rapport with a hiring manager, you can influence those things. Yeah. And, and um, it's just much easier that way, being more strategic, having fewer companies uh, in mind that you want to work for, and then just really wait out for the right, the right one. Also, I think you touched upon a very, very interesting thing about, uh, I call that ICP for jobs. So um, just like when you prospect for, for uh, booking meetings and closing business. I wouldn't want to be selling something that was really, really specific a specific vertical, like only in construction or something, mm -hmm. you know? And in the past I had applied to those types of jobs, but now maybe I really like the vertical. Like there was a, a job in the past I tried to get as a, it was like marketing for physical therapists, which I thought was really cool. Cause I like sports and medicine and physical therapy and that kind of stuff. But um, it's so niche that, like you can't sell that same software to every company. And for me, that's really seems limiting in terms of like who you can target and who's going to be using it. And in the end, I think it makes the salesperson's job like a lot harder in some cases because in other cases it could be easier because you know where to focus, but I'd rather be selling to something that goes across all verticals and all segments. Like I could sell to a one man IT firm down the road, or I could sell to some of the biggest banks in the world, or I could sell to a construction company, or I could sell to a restaurant uh, because they all use the specific IT tool that's needed, you know? So for me, that's way more appealing if I were thinking about what company I'd want to work at. Mm-hmm. I think it offers yeah. more job stability. Yeah, in time, in from that perspective, it's, it's pretty cool because everybody's going into that direction, uh, into that cloud-native journey, right? And it's in inevitable to, to, to use something like Instana. Uh, yeah, I mean... I, I saw it that way as well. So if they are, they must be using some sort of tool like that. Yeah. If not... If not installed in something else, which made my qualification much easier. Yeah, but there's so many tools too nowadays. It's crazy. Like, uh, not just in the APM space, but in the whole DevOps circle. Like, yeah. all the tools involved in there. There's just tons of them. You have like the CI/CD tools or everything, right? So there's like Jenkins or GitLab or maybe GitHub or I mean, the list just goes harness. It goes on and on pager duty and all these companies are doing well. They cover vast amounts of verticals and segments. So, and all, all the companies, I talked to these guys today, which is interesting in Spain. And he moved from like a, a startup that was, they do payment solutions. And now he moved to a big bank and um, he was like, yeah, man, DevOps guys like me, it's hot right now. It's just everyone wants us. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy because right now Spain is getting hit nailed by the pandemic, mm. right? The economy is going down like crazy. 
people are losing their jobs left and right. And this guy's like, me and my friends, like five of us, we just left. We went to enough. Some of us went to a bank. Some of us went here. Some of us went there. I'm like, man, you guys are in high demand. And so if you're selling the software that those guys are using, that's probably also in high demand, you know, even though the world is going through this crazy time. Mm -hmm. How did you adapt to this change? So what did you do to adjust your approach to prospecting? Because many people are getting very sensitive right now. Uh, you need to be thoughtful about the messaging uh, you're putting out and how you're reaching out to people. So I'm just curious, first of all, how you adopted the change. Yeah. I mean, I try and you focus on a few things. So one is the region geography Two is messaging related. And uh, the last one, slipped my mind because I just looked at my phone. I got distracted, but um, it'll come back to me. So the first one, geography, like I was concerned that Spain and Italy, which are regions that I target a lot, would be very much affected by this, and they are. But uh, so then I was tar targeting maybe like Northern Europe or Malta, which wasn't so badly affected, or Latin America, which is another region that I cover became more important for me because it wasn't as advanced as here. Like the, the pandemic wasn't at such a scale yet. So that was helpful. So you can always just like change your uh, geography. Oh, and then the other one that I forgot of earlier was uh, the, the vertical. So like if you're focused, I was focused on travel and I was having a hot, hot wave of travel People were, you know, a lot of travel businesses were booking meetings, moving to the specific technologies that we're, um, we're helping with. And then suddenly this happened. So everything stopped in travel. They start tanking. So I moved to other uh, mm -hmm. verticals that are more in demand, like streaming or uh, telecoms or banks or basically just stable but uh, supermarkets, so that kind of thinking about it in a strategic approach and just, again, like the beginning of our conversation, where can I spend my time that's going to give me the most reward for my time, not just like trying to sell stuff to travel industry right now when everybody's kind of freaking out in that industry because they're, they're in negative, you know, negative numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's how I've been able to, or that's how I've been changing my approach. Pretty much it comes down to business acumen because you were evaluating the countries you were targeting. Then those countries were terribly affected that, uh, that, that, is, that are your main focus. So you try to pivot, target other company, other, other countries and stay away from those industries that were, the the worst the been performing the worst in this in this uh, situation and you said something about messaging to the message yeah yeah that's that was my that, that would have been my my question it's good that you're reading my mind so what was uh, how did you how, how did you change your messaging because people can be very sensitive i didn't really change my messaging that much mm -hmm. like at first i was like okay yeah i'll do something related to COVID and it will be like, whatever, like we're going to help you guys in these times. And I was talking to the management at our company 
like seeing if we could get them some free licenses or extensions or something. But then it was like, somebody said something and I agreed with it. It's like, I'm not changing a lot of lives by doing very much with APM. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe they can see if the applications are running better or something, but it's not like I'm making masks and ventilators and really, really being like a huge part of this helping. So I don't want to, I didn't want to focus on that, but it was more. And then my initial messaging just stayed the same. It was like, going very direct, very simple, very straightforward, very friendly. That's it. Like, Hey, I wanted to set up a meeting. So when I was reaching out to people, it's the same thing. Like, Hey, I want to set up a meeting. You know, maybe I would say, I know these are crazy times and I hope you're doing well. Um, because that's genuine. That's from me. I care about everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, and then the other piece is, the pushback, the pushback, I think is more important than the messaging. But if I'm getting pushback, like, Oh man, right now it's terrible. Everything's crazy. I just try and be empathetic. Look, everything's crazy for me too. My kids right here running around. They don't have school. I know this is wild. What do you think if we just, and I, I tone it down and make it really casual, hoping that barriers will be lowered and people will be more, um, more interested in meeting and I just say, why don't we just keep it casual? It'll be a learning session. It'll be remote. You know, everyone's working from home. Maybe you, you know, have some extra time from not having to commute to the office. So we can, uh, we can take advantage of that and set up a learning session. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And I found that's pretty helpful and just, uh, we're all in the same position, right? Like being empathetic, we're working from home kids are going around it's crazy schedules are screwed up but um why don't we try and make the most of it however we can you know mm -hmm. and i found that people's reactions to that are um they're pretty open to it i mean sometimes they still give you a no but uh that's okay after so a lot of people say no man just hit me up after this is kind of settled down and that's fine too i mark it on my calendar and I've got stuff coming through now. And if not, I've got stuff coming through later. Actually, you, you said, ah, I didn't change much about the messaging, but you, I think you did. <laughs> so you, you did change a lot because first of all, you emphasized it that, yeah, it's crazy times. And just by admitting that it's crazy times, I think you, you lead with empathy. And then you, you brought in your personal experiences that your kids are running around in the house which people can relate to because their kids are running around in the house or their wives and husbands you know are all around and doing stuff that not necessarily you want them to do and um and just everybody is in the situation collectively and by pinpointing that out to the prospect i think yeah you really lower their guard and uh, they understood that yeah okay let's take this meeting let's see what's going to happen might be good for us. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, <clears throat> no, I did. I do adjust my messaging to the situation, but it's not my initial messaging. What I said is like the initial messaging is literally the same. It's hey, I want to set up a meeting. How can we do that? When can we do that? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, yeah. But then once I start getting pushback, then that's when my new messaging comes into play. Sure. Uh, I think by adjusting messaging, I meant I meant this. So actually, adding adding that, that empathy to your message, the understanding that's some, that the personality that, yeah, it, it's bad for you too. 
it's bad for them, but it's bad for you. It's bad for everyone. Um, not like doing some sort of marketing and taking advantage of the situation because there are so many companies doing that, uh, sending out uh, templated emails with the COVID-19 uh, subject lines and stuff like that. Especially in the beginning, lots of people open those. I don't think that people open those anymore because they know that's spam. And I, and I really, that's something I would really stay away from. Yeah. You are just yeah. in terms of your intro, your wording, um, and, and, and how, how you made it more personable. Yeah. 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 I mean, I took the initial, <clears throat> I was also fortunate in the sense that I was in one of the countries that got like a lot of the virus early. So Spain is like China, Italy, Spain. Um, and that's my region, which is Italy too. So I started using testing a little bit of the initial messaging changed to COVID strategy early. And I just, it was like, I had mixed feelings about it. I thought, yeah, it'd be cool. But I just kept it simple. It was like, hey, you know, we appreciate anything that you IT guys are doing right now because, uh, you know, as everything's going chaotic, you're helping things stay stable, which is important for a lot of our systems. If you need, uh, if you need any help, let us know. Here's a trial. We can extend the licenses. Feel free to let me know, that kind of thing. But... Um, and I didn't send it to that many people. I got a couple of responses that weren't anything special. And then I just, over time, I didn't really focus on that as much. And I just kind of tried to feel out the situation more on the phone. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so somebody said that at, at one of the meetings, like I said earlier, and then I was like, yeah, that's actually pretty on point. And you had mentioned it just now is like, everybody's taking advantage of it to make this like marketing around it. And it's just, Mm -hmm. too much bs where i was like yeah i don't i tend to go the direction most people don't go um unless it's like obvious and really successful but i try and stick out that way you know mm -hmm. so i don't want to be using that at all right now um and how do you try to remain positive because you're remote you're at home you've been remote by the way before this entire thing so yeah, it's done as a remote organization and yeah. you know, you're at home, you can be distracted. Even at lunch, you sit down, watch the news with some news on the internet and then it might really affect your positive state of mind. Uh, and in sales, you really need to, you really need to be focused. You really need to have a high energy to, 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 to make those calls, to make those outreach messages. Right. So what, what do you do? How do you try to keep yourself going through those days, making those calls and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy. I mean, there's not, there's nothing for me that's saying like, ah, oh man, everything's screwed up. Like stop. So I think they're external factors to me is like I said before, Instana is an amazing product and it has a lot of value. So it's even more valuable right now with everybody like looking at budgets and stuff. So that's advantageous. Advantageous. It makes me more motivated. Uh, but I have my own personal motivations, which make me stay motivated to keep on, you know, working hard towards my goals, which are mm, right now like financial goals, but also goals for my family. So they're kind of intertwined, obviously. So that 
I mean, to me, my family is the most important thing, and that just makes it easy. Um, it's not, it's not just an easy thing, but having the right motivation makes it easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think everyone has to find their own motivation. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. I guess, like whether it be financial motivation or some other thing. Like for me, it's tied to financial motivation, but it's more about my family. Maybe it's more about their family or maybe they just really want to prove something to themselves that they can be successful in a difficult time or be successful period or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, actually, um, what I try to do, because I I noticed that uh, the current situation really can affect my, my mood, my, my energy level. So I either, read about what what is happening in the world in the mornings or or after finishing work so i I really start staying away from reading news listening to news watching news whatever because um uh, it can influence me and then i can just get out of the zone you know that 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 energy that the productivity that is gonna get me through the day and uh, which i need I, i really need to be productive i really need to do a lot of work otherwise it's uh, my my whole day can be ruined and and, and i also want to f- follow what's happening so uh you need to find the right balance i think if you want to get get work done and know know what is going on in the world yeah man i mean there's a lot of ways everyone's different i think so i like to meditate also uh that helps me but it's not for everyone I like working out that helps keep me the endorphins going off in my brain keeps me in a positive state of mind so yeah but yeah man awesome uh thank you very much Lucas for for sharing your experiences in job search and prospecting uh, in in the pandemic and what's happening right now in the India the SDR industry and how you're adapting your, your messaging I think your feedback is going to be extremely valuable to all SDRs they use out there. We're trying to adjust their messaging to to what's going on right now. I think that's the best way to wrap this up today. And uh, thanks for coming. Cool, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> it's cool to be on this. Awesome. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. All right, man. Unleash. Cheers, man. All right, see ya. For more tips and tips on sales development, check out sunstruck.com or reach out to us on LinkedIn. They're happy to connect. Stay tuned for the next episode.